So the big question is, how do healthcare experts like you generate more income, impact more people, and create businesses that work around their lifestyle and serve their family? If you want the answer to that question, then you're in the right place at the right time. Whether you are a physical therapist, a dietitian, an occupational therapist, a chiropractor, MD, or other healthcare expert, this is for you. My name is Javier Carlin and welcome to Healthcare Business Radio. Join me and follow along as I learn, apply, and share the top business growth strategies that I'm currently using to grow my own business and to help you grow yours using only the best insights and advice from top industry leaders. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the latest episode of the Key and Mang Audio Experience. I'm your host, Mang, as always, joined by my fellow co-host, Key. Key, what's good? What's up, Mang? How you doing? Uh, can't complain. Can't complain. Today, we got a special one. We got a special guest joining us for the pod. Um, one of our mentors, uh, PT, business coach, big on the online game, Javier Carlin. Javi, what's good? What's up? What's up? Thank you so much for having me. That's uh, a pleasure. Uh, we were just stoked to be able to have you as our first official guest on the pod and excited to see how things have been. What? Yeah. First guest on the pod? Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not going to be the only time you're on the pod, but we'll, we'll bring you back for sure. But um, we kind of just want to open it up to you and see how you kind of got to where you're at right now. So can you kind of take us through young hobby, PT school hobby, and how, what that was like for you? Yeah. Okay. So let's see, where do I begin? So got into PT school and just a little backstory behind that. So I wanted to go, my, my intention was always to become a doctor, go to medical school, et cetera, et cetera. I think most, um, a, lot, a lot of people could relate to that. And the reason I went into and wanted to go into the medical field was because I, I liked helping people. Right. I always said, I want to help people. I want to help people. I want to help people. Um, and so I, I went through a few um, internships and I shadowed a few doctors. Uh, needless to say, I fi- found out that I did not want to go in that direction. Um, and I just had a couple interesting experiences. One was with a neurosurgeon who was just, and I, again, I get it right at the time. Um, you know, I did not have a good experience with this person. He was a total D bag and just not a nice person to his patients. And I, I understand that not everyone, like in any profession, there's, you know, great people and there's also bad apples. And I, I get that now. At the time I had a bad experience. So I was like, eh, I don't want to end up like this person. And I thought that's what that meant, right? I don't want to go to medical school and become like this, this person that I was shadowing. And then I had another experience with another physician and he's like, why do you want to become a doctor? And I said, well, and this, he was really nice. He's like, I was, I was like, I basically, yes, I want to make money, but I also want to be able to spend more time with my family. And that's when he told me, he's like, you'll make money. And, you know, depends on what specialty you go into, but you're not going to have a lot of time. And I was like, huh, interesting. He's like, yeah, I barely see my family because I'm always on call. And yeah, we take like nice vacations, but that's like, not as frequently as you might think. And I was like, interesting. So that kind of threw me off from, from going in that direction. And I was like, well, what else can I possibly do? So I talked to a friend, he's like, well, you can do nursing. I'm like, I don't really want to do nursing school. He's like, what about physical therapy? I'm like, well, it's physical therapy. I had no idea what it was. And so I ended up going to uh, shadow a physical therapist at his clinic. And I ended up getting a job there for about a year. And I was like, you know what? I can see myself doing this. This is pretty cool because I like fitness. I like health, et cetera. Um, so that's how I got into PT school. Then PT school, you know, first year you're in the books, like you're like, oh, this is cool. It's challenging and you're in it and you have your head in your books and it's like, all right, I got to do what I got to do to, to make it, <laughs> to, you know, to get my doctorate. Um, and then first internship comes into play and you're like, okay, interesting you know, not hundred percent what I was expecting. And the first PT that I had as a, as the person who was, you know, helping me and teaching me and, you know, my clinical instructor, he was a total, like, again, D bag. <laughs> and I, I don't care if he's listening, like you're an a-hole dude. <laughs> so, 
actually, he ended up shortly after I left, uh, he ended up getting fired. And it wasn't because of me. I didn't say anything. I would never do that. I would never say anything. Um, he ended up getting fired. So that tells you, like, you know, the type of person he was. Um, but it was just not a good experience. And, you know, I was very studious and um, not that, you know, not just that, but the people that were working there, they were just not happy. They were burnt out. They were frustrated. They, I could tell on their face, like they wanted to help people, but they just didn't feel like they were making a big difference. And it was just one of those PT mills, like, you know, seeing patients like crazy. And I was like, no, that's, that's not, you know, what I was expecting. But again, I was like, you know what, that was one bad experience. Um, I'm just going to keep on going. Right. So a year passes by, I had my second internship because in my, in my program, there were, um, we had our last three, the last year. And it was a, f- a frequent theme. Now my clinical instructors after that were amazing. Every single one of them were awesome people. Um, but what was happening behind the scenes, the frustration, the lack of, of feeling valued at, in the workplace, the lack of pay, the amount of student loans, these conversations kept on coming up. And that's where I started to question, you know, did I make the right decision? And I was listening to a podcast of one of our mutual mentors, Greg Todd. And in the podcast, he said this, he said, if you follow the herd, they'll lead you straight to the slaughterhouse. Don't follow the herd. And I was like, damn, that really stuck with me. Basically, he said, if you do what everyone else is doing, you're going to get what everyone else is getting. And at the time, what I saw all other physical therapists getting was a life of, of really lack of fulfillment and burnout. And that's when I decided I have to do something different. And that's when I ended up joining and, you know, investing in myself through Greg in one of his mentorship programs, invest in money I didn't have, right? I was in PT school. I was in my third year PT school, but I realized that if I want my life to look different than what everyone else's life looks like right now, then I have to do this. So I started to dive into the business and marketing side of things early on. This was early uh, 2017, January, 2017 was when I first started. And that's kind of what took me down this path um, and led me to where I am today. And of course there's backstories behind that, but that's uh, that's a little bit about my experience through PT school. Do you think experiences like that, like seeing all the burnout, seeing all the unhappiness in the clinic, when you found Greg Todd and listened to his podcast, do you think it made it that much easier for you to, to plunge and make that decision to join his his community because of what you've seen? Even oh, yeah. A PT student and not making a lot of money, but you're like, I don't want to be like this moving forward in my future. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. You know, I was already, I was already, you know, $80,000 in debt with, with PT school. So I was like, what's an extra thousand dollars at the time right now? It's a lot more to work with coaches like that. Um, but even then it's worth it because <laughs> I wasn't learning any of that stuff in school. And that's what, that's really what makes a difference in your ability to, to help more people and make a lot more money, um, which, which they're actually both like, you know, correlated. The more people you help, the more money you can make. When you started with Greg Todd's program, like initially, do you think that kind of led you in the direction that you are today? Or can you, can you like talk about from joining Greg Todd's program, what was the next step you took there? And then did it play a role in where you are right now? Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. I wouldn't be here in literally, literally physically in Tampa Bay. Um, a lot of things happened because of this decision. And that's the importance of, of, of any decision that you make, like, and it's, you know, Tony Robbins says it's in your moments of decision that your destiny is shaped. And that's so true because from that moment, everything that's happened over the past five years is, is insane. Um, so just to give you, we can get to that uh, in a moment, but to answer your question specifically, um, I did that program at the time I was actually in a partnership with one of my good friends, uh, Danny Ramirez. Um, he owned a gym called Miami Youth Fitness. And I basically saw clients uh, for personal training for really the last year of PT school, right? So I was growing my own business. You know, I I opened up several LLCs while going through PT school, uh, working on different projects and whatnot. But this one was where I was really started to gain traction and seeing my own clients um, through person, like for personal training specifically. Then shortly after that, in my last clinical internship is where I... I started to use a lot of what I had learned from, from Greg through his programs 
And I really brought, I brought it up to, to the owner of the clinic that I was working at uh, as a student. And I was like, Hey, like I, you know, I've, <laughs> so, so I was, I was really, I was telling her, you know, Hey, listen, I've got some ideas that I think could really help your business. And I'm a student, right? So she kind of brushed it off for the first couple of weeks, but I was persistent. I was like, Hey, like, you know, I really got some thoughts that I think could really help you gain more clients and keep more of the ones that you have right now. And I kept on bugging her and she's like, okay, fine. We'll meet for like five minutes at Starbucks. Right. So I was like, cool, let's do that. So that five minute conversation ended up being like a two hour conversation. And she was just blown away. Right. By the information that I, I had, the information that I knew. And it was so funny because, you know, from externally, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm a boss. Right. And inside I'm like, I just learned this stuff like a couple months ago. <laughs> right? But my, my goal was to, to yes, help her, um, but actually implement what I was learning. Right. Because a lot of people make the mistake and think that information is what changes your life and information is powerful but it's actually what you do with that information, right? The implementation of that information that gets you the results. So I was like, I actually need to implement this stuff. And I was doing it for the personal training business, but I also wanted to do it for a PT practice. So I did that. And I actually figured out a way to, as a student, only do physical therapy half of the time I was there. And the other half, I did all business and marketing for the, for the practice, um, which is pretty awesome. And then I essentially forced them to hire me um, right after that. Cause she's like, Javi, I don't need a physical therapist, but I can't let you go. Right. And that's the value of having other skills that are valuable in the marketplace, um, outside of just being a physical therapist, because by definition, if you are a physical therapist or any healthcare professional and you graduate as a physical therapist and that's all you have, right. You're just like everyone else, which is you're essentially like average, and no one wants to be an average physical therapist, right? So what do you do? You get other skills outside of like use those skills that you have in physical therapy, but how do you reach even more people? And that's where all of this starts, starts to come into play. So shortly after that, you know, I opened up my own cash-based practice for about nine months. I was still working full-time, but I was hustling. Um, you know, I was seeing like six to nine patients a week in my own uh, cash-based practice. And then um, I went to Greg's live event. I met Greg, I met his business partner. And that's where, you know, we had some conversations and basically it got to the point where they said, hey, Javi, we'd love to have you come up. Um, to Tampa Bay and partner with us to open up a third location for, um, for renewal rehab. And I did, right. So moved to Tampa Bay, did that, grew the practice, you know, we got to 80 visits per week in less than eight months. So it was, you know, I grew it really quickly. Um, and, you know, basically the rest is history during that time, Greg obviously had his coaching programs, et cetera. And I was one of the coaches for his high level mastermind, which was about 30 K um, and I was one of the, the coaches for his programs for about a year and a half, almost two years, I believe. Um, but before that, we did a lot more, a lot more cool stuff together. And, um, and then that kind of led me on the path to, to, to where we're at today, where, you know, I was like, I really love this online game. I really love the online business. I love the, the flexibility of it and the amount of people that you can actually reach. And I love the coaching component. So I, you know, I came to uh, I came to a spot where I had to make a decision. And I think so many people, one of the core reasons why people are unsuccessful in any venture um, that they go on is because they have too many things that they're trying to do, right? There's a lack of focus and they're scattered. And I was, and, and that's, and I'm, I'm saying that from experience because I was there for a long time and I came to a fork in the road and I was like, if I'm going to do this, I want to go all in on one thing and I want to make it extremely successful. I want to systemize it, scale it, have a team, have everything in place where it could literally run without me, like, you know, forever. <laughs> and once I get one thing to that place, right. And have true freedom, then I'll add on and, and stack, you know, the next thing, but until then I won't. So I had to make a decision at that point in time, like Javi, what are you going to do? What are you going to put all your energy, time and focus into? And I made it right. And, and that's what I'm doing now, which is the business coaching for um, dietitians and nutritionists. And you might be thinking, well, Javi, why dietitians and nutritionists? And I'm sure we'll get to that in a moment. So I'll stop there. <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. I have a question for you. So you said you opened up multiple LLCs during school. Um, you had a couple of businesses going. Did your classmates kind of like downplay or they kind of say you were crazy? Because it's not something you normally yeah. see. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, they were, I don't know if I told, I'm pretty sure I told you both the story, but um, I got the superlative at my um, graduation ceremony for most likely to drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> literally like in front of family, in front of friends, in front of like all our professors. They called me up to the stage. They're my good friends, Mario and Edgar. Uh, they're, they're awesome. Um, but they called me up to the stage and it was a joke, right? But at, at the same time, like inside, I was like, all right, you guys will see. I'll show you. <laughs> um, and basically the, the you know, drinking the Kool-Aid, they, they thought I was crazy for investing all this money into learning these skills and, you know, opening these businesses and putting myself out there, you know, on social media at the time, I think as I was helping, um, looking to gain personal training clients, I was putting out videos. Uh, they weren't like, you know, super high quality videos, but I was, I was there doing my, my editing through like iMovie. And um, I would do simple things, right? In the PT world, like hip flexor stretches. And people are like, what are you doing? Like, that's so easy, right? Like, like everyone knows how to do that. I'm like, no, right? You know how to do that because you're in PD school and that's the stuff that we learn, but no one else does. And this isn't for you. It's for other people that actually need the help with, with you know, what I'm helping them with. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, I did get a lot of, a lot of uh, backlash uh, because of it, but I didn't, Frankly, I didn't care. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's funny that you say it like that because Key had a situation like this uh, on, on Twitter or Instagram a couple of weeks ago. But I'll let her explain that. Oh, but, <laughs> but I was curious um, when you're hearing all that um, that backlash, that doubt coming from your classmates. As a student, how did you stay like? focus on what you wanted to like providing that value for the people that you were trying to help because it's it's a lot coming at you and you're like uh am I really doing the right thing or how do I how do you stick with it yeah that's a good question so I think I think it's so twofold right I I knew I knew things that they didn't know so I was like the joke's on you right that was number one number two um I, I was also thinking more about the people that I was serving and how it was helping them and how I knew I was helping them because I was actually helping them, right? Because I had clients at the time. And during that time, I was not the only one, but in, in, you know, in, in that friend group, a lot of people were like, oh, like you can't be helping people right now. I'm like, number one, it's personal training. I'm not doing physical therapy. Uh, and number two, I can, I can help people because I know more than 95% of the human population at this point, since we're in our second, third year PT school. So I was like, I'm going to help people. And I was physically helping them and I could see it right? That they were improving, they were feeling better, more confident, having more energy, all these things. So I was like, I don't care what you say, because I'm helping them. And they're telling me that I'm helping them. And I'm seeing the difference. And that's who I'm doing it for. So, so it was, it was twofold in that sense. Like it was, it was the idea that like, I knew that I, what I was doing was different, but I also knew that I was going to receive backlash because I was prepared for that. Um, in, in terms of, in terms of what I was told would happen, uh, Greg said expectations like you're going to be doing different things that people aren't used to and people are going to call you out on that you have to be prepared for that so I knew it was coming and I also was associated to the fact that I had no other way right it was either that and the backlash from from my classmates which I was fine with or all the bs that I saw happening in the profession where people were there 5 10 15 20 years in hating their life and I was like I'd rather get backlash now than live like that for the rest of my life so that, so it was a combination of that. Did that answer the question? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. That was, that was a great answer. I was just, okay. So that's something <laughs> that we both, uh, when we were students, um, it's kind of the similar kind of situations that we would kind of encounter. Like I would come home and I'd be on Zoom call all the time and be like, Meg's on another call, Meg's doing all this stuff. Like, what are you doing? Like focus yeah. on it. I'm like, bro, I'm getting my stuff done. Like I'm handling what I got to handle, but I don't think, you know, I don't want to be working 40 hours a week for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? I think there's other ways to provide value and live, have time with your family and do whatever is important to you in the utilizing PT as um, in the, in the, in the online game. So I was like, I'm going to do what I got to do now to grind. And then, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, we'll, we'll see what, what we're doing. A hundred percent. And, and, you know, it's, it's so interesting because it's like, essentially whether they say it, whether people say it, you know, literally, um, or it's in like the sub communication, the subtext of what they're saying. It's like, stop being such an overachiever. Yeah, how stupid that is. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> stop being an overachiever. What? Like, it's no, yeah, it's dumb. Like, okay, right? Stop trying to do to do more, you know, for for more of the of the human population. Like, just just be okay with where you're at. It's like, come on. Anyway. Like part of that comes from, or like even like a classmate is looking at you crazy and like you're getting looked at a different way for trying to go a different route. I think a lot of that comes from PT school kind of teaches you to be in a box. It doesn't encourage doing anything out of the norm. Um, they kind of want you to like stay as a, either a staff PT or stay in P, like different corporate PT roles. It doesn't really mm. encourage doing other things to help the PT profession. Um, so I think, so I think that's kind of why we're looked at as like oddballs or unrealistic when we try to do different things. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts about tra- the traditional education system and how everything's set up and why things end up the way that they are. Um, we can, we could go over that, but you, you let me know where you guys want to go from here. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So I, what you, I what's that? Go ahead. I was going to say, what do you think needs to change in the system? Oh, nothing's going to change. <laughs> what do you think needs to change? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think the people in the system need to change. I, I think, I think our classmates and it's not, and again, like I, for those of you listening that might be in that pool of people and you're like, damn, like you guys are harsh. It's like, listen, it's not your fault. It really isn't. The system was, was set up to be the way it is. And it's not really broken. It was, it was made this way. And when I say system, yeah, I'm talking about the traditional education system, but I'm also talking about the healthcare system. Like any system that you feel is, is not, not in your favor or anyone's favor, it's on purpose. And a lot of some people might agree with that. Some people might not, but think about it, right? So this concept um, I got first from Myron Golden. Um, I know Greg also teaches it now, uh, but it's called the four levels of value, right? So I think both of you have heard this before. Um, I, I kind of, you know, as I thought about the four levels of value, I'm like, this makes a lot of sense. And it's also, it also, it, does, it makes a lot of sense. And it also is interesting how we've actually been trained to go down the levels as opposed to up the levels, right? So, so I'll briefly go over this. Um, then I wanted to take up too much time, but the four levels of value, right? We have implementation, basically at implementation, right? You're the one doing the thing. So um, the one doing the thing, what does that mean? So you're, let's say you're a, you're a waiter, right? You're the one that's serving people food, right? Like I did for seven years. Um, you're, a, you're a maid at a hotel, right? And just to clarify, like the four levels of value does not mean one person's more valuable than, than the next, right? We're all humans. Like we all are extremely valuable as people, but this is value in the marketplace. Um, so, so at the implementation level, you're the one doing the thing, you're a physical therapist, right? Physical therapists are the ones doing the thing, manual therapy. You're the one like mobilizing the joints. You're the one prescribing the exercises. You're the one like doing all the things, right? Is that pretty clear? So at that level, you make anywhere from, um, you know, you can make anywhere from like $20,000 a year to about 75, 80, right? You're the one doing the thing. So at the second level, it's the unification level, right? Unification is basically where you're the person who oversees the people doing the thing. So at the lower level, you might have someone at, you know, McDonald's, uh, who's a manager at McDonald's making about $50,000 a year. And it's like, wow, why do managers at McDonald's make what some new grads are making, right? As a, as an implementer? Well, it's because of that, right? Because it's an implementation unification, right? So at the higher level of unification, you have some, let's say a manager at Boeing, right? Airplane company, they're making about $250,000 a year. Okay, right? Because they're, they're unifying the people who are doing the thing. At the third level, we have, um, we have communication, right? So these are your uh, public speakers, your authors, your um, musicians, you know, singers, actors, actresses, et cetera. They communicate a message that moves the masses. And essentially at this level, right, you're, you're making 250K up, okay? So, so what's interesting about that is as a, as a healthcare professional, right, how do you get to that level? Well, there are so many channels for us to be able to communicate a message that moves the masses in this day and age, right? What channels are those? Social media, Facebook, Instagram, we're, like we're, how we're communicating right now right? You're going to have hundreds of people listening to this, thousands of people, right? One message that gets to a lot of people. 
So that's how you get to that level. And, and that's why what you guys are doing is so smart. So at the fourth level is imagination, right? So if you think about, you know, for example, Apple is, is always a good example, right? Who's the first person that comes to mind when you hear the word Apple, right? Steve Jobs. And the fact is that Steve Jobs did not invent the Apple computer, right? It was actually Steve Wozniak who was the implementer who did the thing, but no one says his name, right? Even 10 years, eight years after, you know, Steve Jobs has, has passed because he was the implementer and he's not the one that people knew about. Steve Jobs was the person who imagined, you know, what Apple could become. And that's why everyone knows who he is. And, you know, that's worth millions, billions of dollars at the imagination level. Now, this is where it pertains to everyone listening and why I think that the traditional education system is set up the way it is, but also why uh, everyone is, is after 5, 10, 15, 20 years, stuck, frustrated, burnt out, and unfulfilled, and still doing the things, making very little, little money and not being valued. Uh, and it's because it's the complete opposite, Right. And what I mean by that is this. So at the imagination level, which is typically the highest level of value, right? When do we have the most imagination, the most creativity ever? When is it? When we're kids. When we're kids. 100%. Right? We can be anything, anything we ever want. Like, heck, some of us even had imaginary friends, right? <laughs> and, then, and then all of a sudden they tell you, oh, no, no, not everything is possible. Like you can't go to the moon. You can't do this. You can't do that. Right. And they start to take that creativity away from you. Right. And you end up going to school and in school, what do they take away from you? They take away from you, your ability to communicate. And what I mean by that is what do they tell you to do? Sit down and shut up. Don't talk to your neighbor, put your head on the table. Right. And, and do what we tell you to do, do like, do the work, right? Now they're starting to strip away communication. And, and, you know, it is to that extreme because again, like it's, they're starting to tell you, they don't tell you how to think, they tell you what to think. And if you don't, if you get the answer right, but you don't do it how they told you to do it, then it's wrong. It's like, yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense, but okay, right? So then we get to the next level, unification. And I believe one of the ways that they actually start to tear people apart in terms of unification instead of collaboration, right, is where they start telling you when you graduate high school, hey, you're going to have to compete for a spot at that next level, right, to get to certain schools, to get into certain programs. Like, not all of you are going to make it, right? So instead of unifying people, they're actually causing people to butt heads because now there's this competition to be able to do the thing that you feel like you are destined to do and not everyone makes it right so now there there's this division and last but not least right as us doctors of physical therapy at the highest level of the traditional educational system we become implementors we're doctors but as a doctor you do the thing and literally like every step lower, right? We've been trained more and more and more to become implementers. And we provide the least amount of value in the marketplace and therefore we get paid the least out of everyone else. And that's why in that system, you can't win. And that's why I think it was structured that way. And it like, it, as I broke this down in my head, I'm like, oh my God, this is it. This is why we're stuck, right? So anyway, those are the four levels of value. And I think that's, that's essentially, you know, what we have to start thinking about. And the cool thing is that, you know, a lot of people might be saying, but we have so much knowledge, we have so much skill set, we have all these tools. Great. You're in a great place to start to reverse that. Right. But you have to choose to do it. And I think it starts with the awareness of, of why we are getting the things that we're getting and not getting the things that we want to get. So that was, that was genius. That was a dope explanation. Um, but I do think that like the levels of value is crazy because we get, we feel like, well, some people feel like as you get your DPT, you're at the top, but then yeah. like the way you broke it down, we're technically at the bottom, unless you, like you said, choose to reverse it, but it's so out of the norm to reverse it that you're kind of scared to. Yeah. But I do think like newer PTs, like, or even people applying to PT school, they kind of have a mission they see in their head or a vision they see in their head and they're okay with like going against the grain and going a different route so mm -hmm. I think it's going to be interesting to see like the future 
of PT with the type of people that are coming into the field. Because you're seeing it more and more often, uh, people aren't afraid to do that, do something that's different. It's just kind of the older people that are talking down on the younger people trying to make a difference. And that's what you see all over social media. You got to like tune them out. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's, and that's why social media is so cool. Right. Cause now, and, and with anything, there's always pros and cons, right? There's great things about social media and people say there's like terrible things about it. But at the end of the day, what it has allowed people to do is see the possibilities of, of what you can do. Right. And as you start seeing more and more people, you start to realize, wow, some people are doing some pretty amazing things outside of the box. It's so interesting, the box, right? Like this, like think outside of the box, like there's no box. Like there's literally like no box that we're inside of anyway. What is a box? <laughs> right? There is no box. Uh, but anyway, like as you start to think inside the outside of the box, right? You start to see people like doing really neat things. It's like, wait a second, like there is another way to do this. And I think that's that's so that's exactly what you said, right? The the older generation, it's also what they know and how they were trained. And because of their experience, they think that, hey, like you're going to fail too. This is not the direction you have to go. Um, but obviously we have the opportunity in this day and age to see that, hey, wait a second, there is another way. There are people being successful at it and there's a process to get there. Uh, and those are the people, if that's the life that we want to live and that those are the things that we want to do that we should be asking advice for and should be listening to, not your parents, not your significant other, no matter how much you love them, right? Because they don't see the vision and possibility like you do because you're the one that's interested in, in bettering your life. So how do you expose yourself to people like that? Like seeing if you're in, a, in an environment that people are doing the same thing, doing what's expected, what's normal, how do you get exposure to different things? Yeah, you know, it's so interesting because people feel like they're they're stuck in the environment that they're in. Um, that's the biggest load of BS I've ever seen because it's so easy now to get connected with literally anyone in the world. Literally, like you literally send them a DM. And you can talk to, you know, the people that you would never have gotten access to in the past. And there's a couple of different ways to do it, right? One way to get, um, and I've done all of these, one way to get access to someone who, who is where you want to be and you would like to learn from is, is you either work for them. And sometimes you work for them for free to learn from them and get mentored by them. You work for them and get paid for it. Or you hire them, you give them money to teach you things, right? Just like you would pay $100, $150,000, for teachers at school to teach you things, you pay someone else to teach you things too, right? And maybe those things are going to help you with business, marketing, sales, um, whatever it is for you, right? It's the same process, so, so that's how you get it. the fastest way to get access to people and to get them to really pay attention to you is to give is to give them money <laughs> because now they have to. <laughs> so, so that's that's essentially um, that's how you do it. Um, and then if if you know because a lot of people just say, like one last point on that, um, if you don't have the most supportive environment at home, if you don't have the most supportive friends, right? You don't have to like disown them and never talk to them again, but you do have to find a circle like this, right? And like this, I'm saying like here, I'm talking to Mang and Key, right? And, and you have to figure out a way to get in those circles and have that community and do that virtually if you have to. Like all of us met in, you know, through a computer screen before we met in person. And when we met in person, it's like we knew each other for years, right? And now we've stayed connected and, you know, we're back and, and we'll continue to, to build, you know, these relationships and it's, it, you know, just support each other along the way um, and connect each other with, with people that we need to be connected with. And it's a beautiful thing. Um, but I believe there's absolutely zero excuse for why you can't do the same. Can you take us through, like, as I don't want people to get the impression that you went from implementer to communicative, imaginative in like an hour, like, can you kind of take us <laughs> through how long it kind of took you to go through those different yes periods? that's so good such a good question so um on that note i have a i have a little story so i was you know this was maybe two years ago and i was talking to greg uh we, we were at uh myron golden's event and i was talking to greg and there were just things that myron had said that day that really stuck with me and i was telling greg a couple things um about that 
And he looks at me, he's like, Javi, this is what I've been trying to tell you for like the past three years. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you're right. It has been. And I was like, man, dang, like, why didn't I get that before? He's like, hey, he's, he asked me, Javi, how old are you? At the time, I think I was like, I was like 27, 28. Uh, he's, I said 27, 28. He's like, okay. And how, when did you start learning like about this new world business marketing and you know all the things that you can do to help people outside of just the traditional way. And I was like, well, I was 25. So a couple of years now. And he's like, okay, so before that, so that you were trained and you thought a certain way for 25 years and you've been learning this new way for just two, two, three. Can you see how it would take you some time to start to pick up on these things and start to see things from a slightly different perspective and get to the point where you're at now in your thinking process. Because if you think about it, the process of, of shifting how you, what you think, what you believe, what your actions are, like all of this does not happen overnight, right? We literally like, you know, uh, neurologically like have these neural connections that we literally have to destroy and rebuild, right? And that takes some time. So, so he's like, it makes sense. It makes sense. And that's why some of the things that he said today, you're receiving better than you were three years ago, because you're just in a different place. You're a different person. And I was like, ah, that makes a lot of sense. So to your point, right, it did not happen overnight. It definitely took a lot, a lot of, of training, repetition, putting myself out there, failing like crazy, making a ton of mistakes, sounding like an idiot, right? Sometimes I still sound like an idiot and it's okay. Uh, and, and you just do it anyway. So, so, you know, I'm, well, I'm 30 now. Um, I graduated PT school five years ago, um, four and a half years ago. And yeah, it's been, it's, it's been, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's really not that long. Um, but yeah, definitely did not happen overnight. But with that said, the sooner you start, the sooner you get there. So, so start now. <laughs> did that answer the question? I think it did. Yes. Yes. Okay, does. cool. All right. Go ahead, Key. No, I was going to say, what made you transition out of like helping people in PT to kind of the people you help now? Good question. So, okay, this is, you guys asked some really good questions. Okay. So, so what happened was, this is so interesting because it goes back to the question, like the, the idea, uh, there was a, a post you put up and I kept it very simple. And I was like, there's many ways to, to help people. And, and what I meant by that was in the past, I thought the only way to help people was with their health, right? But there's so many different ways to help people. You can help people with their health, their wealth, their relationships, all of it. And I really feel like one of the reasons why I made the transition was because I was never really, I don't get me wrong. I love, I love health and fitness. I exercise almost every day and I'm really into it, but I hadn't, I didn't have a personal connection with, you know, physical therapy, re injuries, recovery, any of this stuff, right? My, I've been healthy my life, my entire life, you know, thank God my family has, you know, people in my life have, there was no like crazy experience that, push me to become a physical therapist. And I think there's something to that because early on we're, we're again, trained to think, Hey, you have to make a decision. Like you have to figure out what you want to do fast. Like it's now or never, right. You have a career to build. Like you got to figure this thing out. And, and because of that, I felt like, okay, why well, I have to make a decision. I have to choose something where I'm helping people because I like doing that. And I'm going to become a physical therapist because that's the, just what I was pushed into. So, so with that said, um, kind of going back to my story, um, you know, when, when I was growing up, my parents had a business and their, their business did really well until it didn't in the early 2000s. And I, we kind of, my parents, so to make a very long story short, my parents ended up getting divorced because of money, uh, money problems was a, a factor in it. They ended up getting divorced. The business had failed. And all these things happen because of it. So what I had a personal connection and relationship to was the idea that my parents got divorced. My family was torn apart, right? Everyone was like devastated, like literally devastated because they never saw that coming. And it was because of one thing, mainly finances. And I was like, damn, like 
and this was a subconscious decision. I didn't like, I didn't say this, but I made a decision. Like, I'm never going to allow that to happen to me. I'm never going to allow that to happen to my future family. Like, cause I, I, I don't want to have to experience this ever again. So, so for me, the personal connection was, was figuring out how to, how to make money, keep it right. And make sure that we sustain that forever so that my family, so that my family is never torn up, torn apart. And so we're good. We don't have that stressor. Right. So for me, as, as I went, you know, through this process of discovery, I had a stronger relationship to learning ways to, to make money, to build wealth, to support people. And I found out, wait a second, right. You can actually help people in different ways. You can help people learn how to not have what happened to your family happen to them. Right. So that's really what kind of switched for me was I went from helping people with their health and that was cool. Right. It was fun. I learned a lot, but I wasn't really like uh, excited and passionate about it every single day. I'm like, it's easy, right? Go to the gym, eat healthy. Come on guys, you got this. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, obviously it's more complicated than that. I, I get it. Um, but just, you know, for ease of, of, of the story. So, so, so with that, I'm like, well, I've learned some really neat things about how to help people with their health and do all these things in a way that can make you more money. And, you know, a big part of that is making is, is marketing it's sales. It's like all the different components of the business that again, we don't learn in school. So I was like, I really love this stuff and I'm really, really good at it um, in terms of getting clients for a business. And I was like, what if I just started to teach people? I know this is a big problem that people have. They don't know how to do it or they're scared of doing it or whatever, you know, whatever it is for them. Why don't I just help people learn how to build their business, gain clients using the strategies that I use right? To grow, you know, my businesses and the, my, uh, my first employer's business and all these businesses after that. I'm like, why don't I just teach people that? And, and that's kind of what I did. Right. And for me, it was, it was that understanding that, Hey, I'm still helping people. I'm just helping people in a different way. And, and that's what I felt really good about. And it also obviously tied into like, I'm helping people make money and figure out ways to keep that money and continue to do that forever so that they don't have to go through what I went through, which was my parents' divorce. Um, so that's kind of how the, the really behind the scenes story of, of how this came to be um, and, and why I made that shift. Um, but that's, that's kind of what, what drove me to, to pursuing that passion instead. When you made that shift, did you kind of think you wasted time getting a DPT? That's a, that's a really good question. So I, you know, I don't want to say I have any regrets because I just didn't know. I just didn't know. Like, you don't know what you don't know at the time. Is it frustrating that I could have, because there are people, you know, who are doing what I'm doing now that started at 20, 21, 21 years old and are crushing it and they're helping so many people. Right. But for me and my journey, you know, I had to go, I, there was nothing that I could have done either way. So I had to go through that to get to this and I'm fine with it in that sense. Would it have been cool to, to have known about this world right 10 years ago, a hundred percent. But at the same time, I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't be engaged with Marissa right now. I wouldn't have met you too. I wouldn't have the amazing, amazing friends and relationships that I have here in Tampa Bay now, right. That all started with, with going to PT school and meeting Greg. Um, so, so I definitely, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy and grateful for where we're at right now. Um, but yes, it would have been cool to know this stuff before. <laughs> when it comes to me, do you have a question? Okay. When it comes to learning things that you didn't learn in school, whether it's PT school, any type of schooling. I feel like with most, like even like somebody that went to school for business, um, I feel like that's a lot different from like the online marketing game now. Mm. So what would you say if somebody's interested in learning that, like where would they start? Like what are some good um, resources, things that they can do to kind of get some baseline knowledge into like marketing and running a business online? Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I feel like, you know, I, I didn't, I don't have an M 
MBA or I didn't go to school for business. Um, and I'm sure there's value in it. I haven't been through it, so I don't know. Um, what I will say though, is, is choose who you learn from and take advice from for what you want to do. So for example, right, if you had to choose, um, you know, a professor at a, you know, as you're getting a master's of business administration or, or business, et cetera, right? And that professor has never actually owned a business ever. And they're just telling you theories of what they think will work. And you know this versus someone who does, who's not a professor, but actually has a business or multiple businesses and has actually done the thing and done it successfully and sustained it, right? Who would you rather pay to help you do the same thing, right? The professor who you probably have to pay $50,000, $100,000 or someone who's actually done what you want to do and is currently doing it and is not theorizing it, but is actually getting the results, right? And making the money, you know, five, 10, 15, 20, $30,000. Cause I know a lot of people that have gone to school, right? And, and got in their MBA who still don't have their own business and are still working for someone else, which is not nothing wrong with that. Right. But, but if that was a, the intention was to have your own thing and they're making like 30, 40, 50 from the job that they get after an MBA versus paying someone, you know, five, 10, 15, 20, 30, whatever amount, like we just paid our coach 50 K last, uh, last month. Right. But if they know what they're doing and can help me get to 250, 500,000, a million, 2 million, 5 million, $10 million, it's a bigger, much bigger ROI. Like I'm not good at math, but that just makes a lot more sense to me. So <laughs> versus you go to school and you learn how to make 70, 80 K, right? It's just math. <laughs> it's like, it's numbers. Right. And, and, and that's, I think that's the thing is, is we don't question things enough. And then the things that we do question, it's just like, it doesn't make any sense. So so another, another example of that is we fear what we don't know. Like we, we only fear what we don't understand, right? So how do you get rid of the fear? You understand it. So for example, I have, you know, a lot of, a lot of newer business owners, one of their biggest fears is health insurance and not having benefits, right? What a lot of people don't know is that you can get health insurance and benefits as an as a entrepreneur, right? There's it's totally available for everyone. So I asked the question, I'm like, what's the number one thing that's stopping you from doing something like this? And people said health insurance and benefits. Now, I know everyone's very, everyone's different. Everyone has X number of family members. Everyone has different, you know, types of health things going on. I get that. But, you know, I asked this question and someone said health insurance and benefits. And I'm like, cool. Like, have you looked into how much it would actually be if you were on your own and what that would cost you? And they're like, no, I haven't. I have no idea. And I'm like, you're scared of something and of doing something because of this thing that you actually don't even know what it would look like once you did it. It's like, it makes no sense. Right. And I was like, for me and Marissa, again, our situation, our health insurance is like together, like $300 a month. It's not a lot. It's actually either equal to or less than what we would be paying if we worked for someone else. So that's what I mean by like under, like actually understanding what you're scared of. And, and once you do that, you'll realize, wow, there's really not a lot to be scared of, right? I'm just holding myself back here. So same thing when investing in some, in someone to teach you something, right? It's like, cool. You know, I invest hundred K in PT school to learn how to make 70, 80, or I can invest, you know, 50 K in this person to teach me how to make millions. It's like, oh, wait a second. That makes a lot more sense. Right. So I think, I think that's when, that's when you have to start to think about, okay, like, you know, what, how, how do I make my decisions based on where I want to be, who is where I want to be and how do I learn from them? And if not them, can they tell me who they learn from? So I can learn from them if they don't teach that type of stuff. Right. It's really simple. Um, but that, that's what I would recommend. It's funny that you say that you need to pay attention to who you listen to and um, learn from people who have done what you want to do, but I'm going to play devil's advocate. So mm -hmm. um, basically, if you haven't experienced or done something, are you saying you can't provide value? Because I posted a tweet basically saying the same thing and people like rent me. So 
is that like you're kind of saying the same thing like if you haven't done it people shouldn't listen to you so what can you give me an example so what happened okay for an example my tweet was um getting going to a physical therapist who doesn't lift is like getting driving lessons from someone who doesn't drive gotcha. that's what i said and <laughs> people went crazy um so but the <laughs> same thing that i was i was trying to say the same thing that you said basically take advice from people who do what you're trying to get to or like you're trying to get better at basically or get help from somebody who has experience in what you need help in um so just playing devil's advocate if you haven't experienced that or done it Mm -hmm. are you saying that those people can't provide value um that's a really good question so i would say i would say I think there's still so much, and it, there's a lot of context that has to be put around it. Like what's actually being exactly. said, is it, is it mm-hmm. factual? Right. So for example, right early on when I didn't have X, Y, Z results, there's a certain level of, of expectation you have to have on yourself. And this also depends on, again, the people that you follow, right? If you, if you respect, like if you're following someone and they're saying similar things and you respect their opinion, you're like, that makes a lot of sense right? And, and they're doing X, Y, and Z, and you start saying the same thing because you heard them say it and there's a, and you strongly believe in it. And there's a reason why I say, yeah, right. Like that makes sense. Like, just like it's the exact same thing. If you go to school, you learn something from a professor and they tell you this. So you start telling people that exact same thing. It's the same thing, right? But you got, you learn that from someone and you're teaching them that based on what you learned and based on your understanding of it. So can that provide value to someone? hundred percent. Right. So, so again, it's, it depends on the context of it. Um, now, now it, so like, let's say that same, so let's say that same professor, right. So they told you X, Y, Z thing about, you know, physical therapy or whatever it is. And now you're teaching that to someone else and it makes sense. And you're teaching it to someone and they've done it and they get it. Right. But let's say now that same person, because you trust that person with this topic, gives you advice on this other topic that they know nothing about and they don't have the results in or, or, you know, it's, I would even, what I would do there is question them. Where, where'd you learn that from? Oh, my personal experience. It's like, well, tell me more about your experience. <laughs> right now. It's like, Oh, I heard this from, you know, I don't know, Elon Musk. And he said this, I'm like, okay, that's more credible. Like that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> right. I, I, I'll, I'll believe that, you know? So, so I think that that's where it like depends on the context and where we question things. Um, did that explanation, does that, was that clear? I can re-explain that if that wasn't, but. No, that, that makes sense. I was just playing yeah. devil's advocate to you saying that like yeah. some, certain people haven't opened a business. So you rather learn from somebody who has done yeah. what you're looking to do. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the thing, right? It's like, if, if you haven't, but you are learning from someone who has, and you're just sharing that information, right. There's still value in that. Um, I think the other people on the other side have to do their due diligence and say, Hey, okay, that makes sense. Like I'm, I'm interested key. Like, where'd you learn that from? Well, I learned it from this person. Right. And then that can follow the, like the, the crumbles there, but um <laughs> Yeah, that, that's what I would say. Okay. Yeah, I think it just really comes back to like you having to question what information is coming at you and where you're getting your information from. Like you can't just take it for face value. Like you really got to think where they get this from, why are they doing it this way and trying mm-hmm. to get inside their, their head into why they're making the decisions they're making. And then you can decide, is this the direction I need to take it or do I need to go ask some more questions and find more people to see if this is indeed the route I'm supposed to be taking hundred percent I think that's so key what you said there um no pun intended so it's so key that you get different perspectives right from a couple different people and then come up with your own opinion your own idea of it based on those perspectives and even that will change over time right? As you learn more, as you start to experience more uh, and experience from actually doing the things, um, you'll come up with your own, you know, way of, of thinking and explaining those concepts. So as you dive more into like more of the online game, continuing to learn you and Marissa and what you guys are doing in the online health business coaching game, how do you like 
continue to keep an open mind when there's so much like you guys have had success with what you're doing like how do you continue to keep that open mind to bring in new thoughts new ideas new directions to um continue thriving in the business yeah yeah that's a good question so you know i i just i think for for all of us right and everyone listening we all know that there's a next level right like would anyone here say like oh you know one to ten in terms of the, of the potential you know that a human has to, in you know to be happy to be successful to all these things right let's say one to ten right for for context right um one of my mentors who worked closely with tony robbins uh he was at an event with uh, Oprah and all these people. And I think, uh, his girlfriend at the time asked Oprah, like, Oh, like, what are you like a 10? Right. And Oprah, like, would you say Oprah's successful? Like Oprah's successful, right? She's billionaire and she's done amazing things. And Oprah said a three, it's like three. And why would you think, why, why do you think Oprah said three? She said three because she knows that, that she's only tapped into a piece of the potential that she actually has inside of her. Right. So for everyone listening, where do you fall from a scale of one to 10? Right. So, so as you think about that now, now we start to, to wonder, okay, well, if that's true, then how do I like, and I understand that, Hey, there's, I've only tapped into a, a bit of my potential. Like what, what are we actually doing here? Right. So, so uh, man, what was the question again? <laughs> how do you keep like an open mind when okay you've already been like you're already succeeding you're already thriving yeah so 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 that's a, so that's a thing right it's we i think knowing that that you you don't know everything there's like the, the more you know the more you realize the less you know and because there's just so much to know right but if if you really look up to these people and ask yourself well am I there where I want to be? Like this person's like a five, a six, a seven, eight, nine, ten 10 on that scale. Have I hit that goal yet? And, it, and that is your goal. That's not everyone's goal, right? And I totally get that. But, but one of the things that I have realized in humans is that we, the, if you're not growing, you're what, right? You're dying. The plant's not growing, it's dying. And every single one of us, we have this desire to continue to grow. And the only way we grow is by challenging ourselves. And the only way to challenge yourself is to do things that you haven't done before. And a lot of the times that requires a different level of thinking, right? And being challenged in the way that we think so that we can do things a little bit differently. So I think, I think understanding that, hey, like we have these goals we've set for ourselves that we haven't hit yet, but guess what? There are other people that have hit them. So why don't we keep an open mind to learning from them to be able to get to where they're at? Because if I decide, hey, I want to be where they're at, but I'm not going to listen to them just doesn't make any sense. So <laughs> it's like, no, I'm gonna keep on doing what I'm doing here. Right. But I want to get that result. And then he's telling me, well, you have to do this, this, and this. I'm like, no, 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 I'll just keep on doing what I'm doing here. It's like, well, dude, you're not having an open mind. You're never going to get there. Right. So, so I think that's, that's kind of like my mindset around it is I'm always looking to learn from, I mean, everyone, right. Even if it's not financially and a making money goal, like I can learn something from everyone. You all, you both know a lot of things that I don't know, but I also know things that you don't know. And I think that's kind of cool because that's everyone you meet knows something that you don't know and, and being okay with that and being open to it and being curious. Like, I'd love to learn from you guys, right? I'd love to, I'd love for you guys to teach me all the things that, you know, and, and being genuinely curious about that. I think keeping that mindset is always realizing that is people know things that I don't know. I know things that they don't know. So the more we keep an open mind, the more we, we learn together and grow together. So that's, that's, you know, my thoughts on that. <laughs> Good way to wrap it up. I mean, I was just like, well, I didn't know where you were going to take that question, but I think the way you answered that, I was very well done. Can you got any more questions you want to ask? I just want to have you to wrap it up with um, just like the three main tips you would give somebody interested in the online game and hmm. um, also drop your socials so we can find you on social media. Yeah. Yeah. So, so three main tips for someone interested in the online game. Is this someone who, who hasn't started yet? 
who has started? Someone who has not started, but is ready to hit the floor running, like with okay. executing. Yeah. So I would say in the online game specifically, so someone who wants to start an online business. Um, so I think, I think, let me see. I want to, I want to make this very simple, but at the same time it's so. Okay. At the end of the day, to be successful in any business, whether it's online or not, you need clients. You don't got clients and these clients aren't paying you money, then you don't got a business. <laughs> okay. So I would say the three steps to being successful in having a business that's making money, if I had to break it down to simple, 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 I would say, remember that the purpose of content, so content is number one. Okay. So you create content Two, number two, generate conversations and start conversations, which leads to number three. So I typically do this in five. Can I, can I give you five? Yes. Is that cool? Okay. <laughs> okay. So content, you create content and content could be in person too. Workshops, seminars, that's all content, right? Content that generates conversations, conversations that get people on your calendar. Okay. You get people on your calendar and they become clients. And if they don't become clients, then you do number five, which is constant follow-up until they do. Okay. So I think there's this, there's this misconception about the online world that it's like, Hey, I'm just going to put stuff out there. I'm going to post things. I'm going to post links and people are going to buy all my stuff right? It can happen, but you have to be really good and really big and have developed a lot of goodwill and a lot of trust in people to do that. In the beginning, right? It's all about, well, even not even just in the beginning, but always it's about building relationships and having conversations with people. So if all you did, if you wanted to grow an online business where you still had to serve people and get clients from it is create content with the intention of it initiating conversations with the idea of getting these people on your calendar to have a conversation with them through a Zoom call or a phone call to then make them an offer so that they could have the, the opportunity to become a client of yours, right? Which is four to then, if they say no, not yet, then you just follow up with them until they do become a client. Those are the five, literally what I tell our clients who pay us tens of thousands of dollars. That's what I tell them to do. If you did nothing else, you focus on those five things every single day, you can easily get to 10K a month and beyond. So, so that's, those, are the, those are the steps that I would tell someone to take today um, to get their online business going. You might be saying, well, Javi, what about an LLC? What about you know, your bank account? What about this and that and this? It's like, none of that matters until you get a client. That's the only thing that you need to worry about. Then you get the client and then you can pay for all those things. But until then, it doesn't even matter. In fact, we talked to an attorney and she says, you technically don't need an LLC until you're about six months into the business, right? Yeah, that's the first thing that we all do. And I've done it too, right? Because we just don't know. But if you focus on these things, you'll grow your business much faster and be able to replace your income and escape the nine to five if that's what you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's a perfect way to end yeah yeah <laughs> javi where can we find you on social media um yeah so so we're on instagram at healthcare business university if you want to uh, find my personal instagram it's zr javier carlin and on facebook javier a carlin just look me up add me as a friend shoot me a message and uh yeah happy to connect and answer any questions yeah javi appreciate you coming on and spending some time with us today um dropped so many gems that i don't <laughs> i don't think people go out to listen to this one multiple times so i think grasp the full uh grasp everything that you said but again appreciate you for hopping on the pod yeah absolutely and i would actually i love doing this if anyone like i would love to hear people's takeaway like if you just grab one thing what was that one takeaway send me a message with it i would love to learn and if i said something that you're like javi i have no idea what you said 
but I'm interested and I want to learn more about what that actually means, then ask me that too. And I'll be happy to clarify. <laughs> awesome. Thanks guys. I appreciate it. Of course. Y'all heard the man. If y'all got questions, tag that takeaway and we'll post this on our story too, when this rep episode comes out and we'll get takeaways that way and we'll gear them towards you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I know your time is valuable and I know that you are here to learn how to build a successful business. So I have something special just for you. If you are a healthcare expert who is in business or is aspiring to be, and you're curious about how to grow a profitable, impactful business, then you are going to want to pay attention because as a listener of this show, I want you to win. So I've created a bundle of resources exclusively for the listeners of Healthcare Business Radio. If you are tired of trying to figure out this game of business, marketing, and sales all on your own, and you are ready to implement what's already proven to work, rather than reinventing the wheel, you are going to want to head over to healthcarebusinessradio.com forward slash insider. And there you will find over $7,000 worth of trainings, resources, and coaching that is only available for listeners of this show. So if you want to know how to increase your income, impact more people, and build a business that works for the lifestyle that you want and that serves your family at the highest possible level, head over to healthcarebusinessradio.com forward slash insider right now so you can win big in your healthcare business and in life.